Today is Palm Sunday. If you haven't um, been checking your calendar, next week is Easter, this week is Palm Sunday. And if you look at the situation, the current situations that that we're having, you see that we have some of the regulations are kind of, uh, COVID regulations are kind of getting more relaxed. You know, kids are going to back to school, you know, next week in hybrid forms. It's a little confusing if you have kids, the schedules. <laughs> but, um, you know, you see just different things are opening up. But the, the thing is that um, we're slowly getting back to normal, but the question I have is will things ever be the same again? And what I think is as far as the church goes, things should not be the same again. As far as the church goes, we need to focus on God, not be how we were before the pandemic, but as the pandemic has has kind of went along, it's been about a year now already, that you know we've seen the people of God just have a boldness, have a have a, a, a just just more rooted in the word of God. They're standing firm on the word of God and we need to continue that more so than we ever have before. We need to show this world who our God is and we need to be separated from what is common to what is holy. Understand that. We need to be separated from what is common to what is holy. And we are the holy people of God. The world is seen as common, so we have to be different. I'm going to read you from 2 Chronicles 7.14. It says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. The word pray and to seek my face, the word of God, it's, 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 a, it's telling us that we need to be humble before the Lord. We need to come before the Lord humbly and we need to abandon our hopes and put our hopes on God and let the hope of God be our hope and, and in a sense a, a whole surrender to God. So we pray, we seek His face wholeheartedly with, with enthusiasm. We seek Him and we seek God's glory. And, and that's what the Word of God is telling us there, to, to pray, to seek His face, seek the Lord. And God will, God will respond. Why? Because He loves us. You know, our hope has to be on God. Our hope has to be on God, and our focus needs to be on Christ. Our focus needs to be on Christ and the work He did on that cross. That's what we have to be focused on. You know, today is Palm Sunday, and if we did a poll, like, all, like if you go to the park right now, if you came on the way over here, you see the park is full of people, and you ask people, what's Palm Sunday? Probably hardly any of them will know. I mean, you can maybe even ask a bunch of Christians, and some of them might not even know what Palm Sunday is. But I want to talk about that a little bit, and that's what uh, celebrating Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem during the Passover celebration. That's what Palm Sunday is. I'm going to read real quick from Luke 19, 29 and 30, and then 37 through 40. That's Luke 19, 29 and 30, and 37 through 40. It says, As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you are untying it, say the Lord needs it. Now when he came, verse 37 now, now when he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in the loud voices for all the miracles they have seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. 
Now some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he says, I tell you, even if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. I love that scripture because even if people keep quiet, the stones will cry out. That means that our God will be praised. Our God will be glorified. Our God will be exalted. And that is the God that we serve. So just imagine that scene, that Passover scene. There's a Passover celebration in Jerusalem. It's just packed with people. Everyone's there to celebrate the, and remember how the people were taken out of Egypt, out of bondage, and they're just there to celebrate. They're, it's just super packed. Everybody's there. Everybody's there. All the, the Romans, the Jews, everybody's just there. It's super packed. So the Roman, you got Pontius Pilate there. He's there with all his security forces, make sure that uh, there's no uprising. Just think of like a big just a big concert or a big thing where, or a, just, just a big old celebration, you always have heightened security. So that's what the Romans were doing. They're just making sure everything stays. Uh, you got Harold Antipas there. He, he was the one that had imprisoned and beheaded John the Baptist. And I'm sure he was there taking the spot where his Herod the Great, his father was. And they were, everybody was there. Everybody that was anybody was there. And here comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus riding on this colt. And he comes riding down there and understand the symbolism of that cult. The symbolism of that cult was when somebody came riding during peacetime on a cult, it meant that they were a king and it meant that there was peace. And so here comes Jesus and he's saying that he is a king. And he's saying that and he's proclaiming that. And it's to fulfill the, the prophecy that we see in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king comes to you righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on the colt of the foal of a donkey. So people now are cheering as he's coming down. They're waving the palm branches. And they're showing, they expect that Jesus is going to be this general, this, this military guy. He's going to come and he's going to take over everything because they're waiting for the Messiah. They're waiting for the Messiah to come and overthrow all the government and to take that rightful place as king. And so they see Jesus and they're, and they're, and they're waving the branches and they're waiting for this. They're, they're ready. They're just ready. But you know, we all know now that Jesus didn't come to do that. He didn't come to do that at that moment. He came to destroy sin once and for all. That's why he came. He came to save us from death. He came to save us and set us free from bondage. He came so that he can show us that he loves us so much. Think about that. He came to show us that he loves us so, so much and to repair the relationship with the Father. Jesus is all about love, and he came so that we can have eternal life with him. What a wonderful thing our Savior did. Our God, when you, you, you guys ever think about this, you have, here's God, you know, he doesn't have to do anything, he's God. He's, he's, he created the world, he doesn't have to do anything. But yet he comes into our world, and he, and he comes, and he comes on a donkey, and he's doing all of this, and we know that he, he came to save the world, but what did we do? What did we do to our Jesus? We had him crucified. That's what we did. When the God, when our God comes, we have him crucified. And if you might say that you didn't have him crucified, or I didn't have him crucified, then think about that, because he died for each and every one of our sins. So because of us, he went to that cross. 
Jesus will be arrested soon, and five days later, he will be nailed to a cross, paying the price of the sins of humanity, each and every one of us, ending his earthly journey and ministry. But we know three days after that, what happened. We know that he rose in victory, and he snatched death away, and we just have victory in the name of Jesus. Victory over everything. We are victorious people because we know that Jesus rose from the dead. We know that he overcame. So we are victorious. So we need to live victoriously. For our God is a victorious God. We need to live as people who are filled with joy. Yes, amen. We need to be people that are filled with joy. But no, we have so many problems. Okay, but let's be people that are filled with joy. No, but pastor, you don't understand my problem. Well, you don't understand my problem. And I'm still going to be filled with joy. So let's be filled with joy. Because we have a Savior. We have a God that we will get to be with for all eternity. One day all this will pass away. All of this will pass away one day. And, and we won't have to worry about a thing. But until then, until then, we need to work. We need to be people that are filled with the glory of God. We need to be people that are filled with joy. And we need to be set apart. Set apart, holy, righteous. Not common, but holy. Remember that. You are not common people. You are not common folk. You are the people of God, holy, set apart for the great things of God. The great works of our mighty Lord. The great works. So if we believe that, if we believe that Jesus rose from the dead, if we believe that if we accept Jesus in our heart, that He is our God and He is our Savior, then one day we will be walking with Him just as He walked with Adam and Eve in the beginning. So I ask you today, how, where is your journey? What are, how are you on your journey with God? How are you on your journey of life? Because everyone is on a journey. Everyone is going through something. Some people will hear the word of God. Some people will hear that God is the only way, that Jesus is the only way. And some people will discard that. Some people will throw that away and be separated from God for all eternity. Some people will choose that. And that's very unfortunate. It's very sad. But then there would be some that fix their eyes on Christ. There would be some that fix their eyes on the one and only Jesus. And I hope that each and every one of you here has fixed your eyes on Christ. Amen. You know, I think of, of my journey, and I'm excited to serve God every day more and more. And I hope you guys are excited to serve God more every day. We have an opportunity to serve God in these times that are just, it's an amazing opportunity to show this world who our God is. And I think, of, I think of my journey, you know, I knew all about God. I, well, I knew who God was. I knew that there was a God. But I had chose to, to seek out the fleshly things of this world. But by the amazing grace of God, by the amazing grace of God, I was able to see God for who He was. And I opened my eyes to see the love of God. And I asked God for, for His love. I asked God for, to, be, to be part of my life, to touch my life. And you know what He did? He did just that. Showed me His love. Showed me how amazing He is. So when we ask God to, open, to, to help us, to open our hearts, to, to teach us, to teach us how to even love you more, Lord, God's going to teach us how to love Him more. God is going to be with you every step of the way. No matter what you're going through, every step of the way, God is right there with you. 
And our journey doesn't just stop when we become Christians and we become men and women of God. Our journey continues and it continues and it continues with every step we take with our Lord Jesus Christ. Being filled with the Holy Spirit every day. Remember, we are not common. We are holy and set apart for God. We are the people of God. You are the people of God. What a privilege that is. We are the people of God. So we need to serve God. And you know, I love to listen and hear from people that have been serving God for longer than I have. And, and I always ask when, when I run into somebody and have the chance to, to have a uh, conversation, I ask, you know, how, how do you do it? How do you serve God for, you know, so long? How do you serve God in, in you know, such an excellent way? And I ask these questions and sometimes I wait to hear this profound answer and, and this big long answer. But what I usually get is something that's, it's profound yet, but simple. And usually it's this, put God first. The key to serving God for all your days, for all your years, is to put God first. To love God. Put God first. And not to forget the pain of humanity. It's important that we don't forget the pain of humanity. It's important that when we see the things that are going on, the actions of people that may seem just out, out there, understand that it's pain manifesting itself in that way. Pain from sinfulness. And we can't forget the pain of humanity, which means that we have to do everything we can to intervene the way Jesus is intervening in this world, using His people, which is us, using His people to intervene in the pain of humanity. That means God has chosen you and me to preach the Word of God, to share the Word of God. God has to be number one. You know, for the longest time, the church has been waiting for the return of Jesus. The church has been waiting for God to come back, and God will come back one day. God will come back for His people one day. But we can't just sit around and wait for that to happen and not do a whole lot because, well, God's going to come back for His people. Let's just kind of be calm and relax, and He's going to come take us. We'll be out of here. We don't have to worry about anything anymore. God will come for His people, but that cannot be our attitudes. Our attitude needs to be that if God is coming back, we need to hurry up and talk to our neighbors. We don't want to see our neighbors lost. We don't want to see our friends lost. We don't want to see our family that's living in sinfulness. We don't want to see them lost. We want, to see the, we want to see people hear the Word of God. We want to see people change by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not gonna, we, we can't just sit around and, and, and come and then hope that God comes and boom, we're gone and that's it. That day is going to happen. It's going to happen. God will come for His people. But until then, we have to do everything we can to show this world who our God is. Because what did He come for? He came to save the lost. He came, he came to shed His blood for you and me. And as we're coming up on Easter and remembering what Jesus has done, we also have to do for God as He did for us. Now, we don't do that in our own strength. We do that in the strength of the Holy Spirit, in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why it's important that we get into the Word, get rooted in the Word, and trust in the mighty Spirit of God. God has to be number one in our lives. Matthew 22, 
37 and 39 through 39 says, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment, and the second is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Trusting in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord for the, His judgment in your life. Let God guide you. Let God take you where He wants to go. God knows things that you don't. None of us are God, and we think we know everything, but we don't. God knows what's best for us. God knows how He wants us to be, where He wants us to be, where He wants us to go, where He wants us to serve. God knows that, but we got to trust in Him. Psalms 48, 14 says, For this God is our God forever and ever, and He will be our guide even to the end. God will be our guide. He will be your guide. God will guide you. Now, when we say things like this, God will guide you on your journey of life. You know, people just, okay, yeah, okay. But, but think about God will truly guide you. Our God is not a fiction. He's not a fake God. He's a true God, the one and only God. And He is right there with us. And if we ask God to guide us, He will guide us. He will be right there with us. But we need to seek Him. We need to pray. We need to look in the Word. We need to pray. We need to look in the Word. We need to trust in God. We need to ask that His Holy Spirit empower us to live our lives. That He give us the strength to overcome the things that, that stop us from living a holy life separated unto the Lord. He will be our guide. And He will guide you on your journey. So don't stop now. Wherever you're at now, don't stop now. You keep on going. Keep on going. Don't do the bare minimum either. You know, sometimes we just want to do the bare minimum. I've heard people say that. Well, if I can just crawl into heaven, I'll be fine. No, we can't do the bare minimum. No one has ever done anything great by doing the bare minimum. And what is that? What is the bare minimum of loving God? I'm going to love God a little bit. I mean, what does that even mean? If we're going to love God, we're going to love God. We're going to trust God. We're going to do things in our lives that represent God to other people. Because people need to see that we are the people that serve our Lord Jesus. People need to see that we are not afraid of what is going on, that we trust in the mighty hand of God. People need to see that our God is the one and only God. Just like the plagues of old when, when God came before the evil one and, and said, look, I'm bigger than you. We have to do that now. Say, our God is bigger than yours. And we serve the one and only true God. So this Friday coming up is, is Good Friday. It's a Good Friday coming up. It's a day that Jesus went and got nailed to the cross to pay for our sins. I want you to remember that this week and think about that throughout the week that everything everything that we have done to hurt the Lord Jesus turned it around for his glory and for us to be able to be saved by being nailed to that cross we deserve death but Jesus says don't worry I love you Think about that. I love you and I will die for you so that you can be forgiven. Yet what we deserve is death. 
Colossians 2:13 and 15 says, "When you were dead in your sins and in your and in the uncircumcision of your of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ." Amen. Amen. I'll read that again since we got a good amen in there. When you were dead in your sins and in your uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So when you were stuck in your old ways, when you were dead in your sin, you're incapable. You're incapable of responding to God. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, God made it something that you can do. God gave you the strength to choose and to, and to choose Him or not choose Him. But you know what He did with all of you? He brought you out of death alive with Christ. And if he has brought us out of death and made us alive in Christ, then we need to be that example for the world out there. Because every time I look out there, you can just see that there are people that are not alive in Christ. And we have to do everything we can so that people can experience the great wonders of our wonderful God. All our sins are forgiven, wiped clean. God forgives us of the wrongdoings that we have done. He forgives us. He wipes it clean. Just wipes it clean. As far you know, the sins are just away, washed away. As far as the east is from the west, the east and the west will never touch. He's wiped them away. They're gone by Jesus dying on that cross and us whole, you know, believing in that and then seeing that he resurrected to overcome death. Overcome the powers of this world. But you know what happens sometimes? We hold on to things that we've done. We hold on to things that we've done in the past. We hold on to things that we've done this morning. We hold on to things that we did on Wednesday. We hold on to things. When we say, God, forgive me, God forgives you. God forgives you because he loves you and because he died on the cross. He did not die on that cross for nothing. But you know, our old enemy wants to come and just say, oh, you just do the same thing over and over again. You're not worthy. You shouldn't even go to church. You shouldn't even, you're not even a good Christian. Well, that's all lies. Because Jesus died on the cross. Jesus died on that cross and rose from the dead so that we have power over the power of sin. We have authority over sin. Understand that. You have authority over sin. And you should not be entangled in sin because you are the people of God. But if something happens, you know what? You go to God and He forgives you. That doesn't mean we have the, the excuse to, to just do whatever. But it means that sometimes we have problems and we're, God, we're learning and God is teaching us. But we go to God and He forgives us. And He went to the cross for us already. Understand that. Jesus says, let me take the things that are bothering you. Let me take that burden that you have upon your shoulders. Let me take it from you. and Let me lighten that load. Why? Because he loves you and he forgives you. Sometimes we have to forgive ourselves and allow God to work in our lives. Understand that. That no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've done, God forgives you. God forgives you. doesn't matter what it is. 
If you have a nagging sin that just, you just keep falling into, guess what? God forgives you. Let God handle it. Let God handle it. Let God handle it. Because the only way that we will learn to be a holy people, a righteous people set apart from God, is to let God truly be number one in our lives and to handle our business. But we seem to think that we can have God right here and then we can do whatever we want but, and God's right there. No, we need to let God be our God. Just trust in that. God wants nothing more than to bless you. God wants nothing more than to love you. God wants nothing more than for your offspring to, to, to grow in His ways. God wants nothing more than your family to serve Him. God wants nothing more than for all of us to be reunited with Him one day in eternal glory. God is not trying to destroy anything in your life or make you do something you don't want to do. He loves you. And He forgives us. So if we may, you may be struggling with, 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 there's a number of things we could be struggling with. If you're watching us online, if you're struggling with drug addiction, if you're drug, struggling with drinking, if you're addicted to pornography, if you if you're, can't stop lying, maybe it's anger, maybe you can't stop being angry, maybe you can't stop being jealous, maybe you don't know how to forgive, maybe money is your struggle. I don't know, maybe you just love yourself more than you love anything else, or even God. The thing is, bring it all to God. Whatever the issue is, bring it to God. Whatever the issue we are having, we give it to God. Why? Because He loves you. And because He forgives you. And then because He empowers you with the Holy Spirit to then stand firm and carry on in the name of Jesus and do things that are spectacular in the name of Jesus. For those who love the Lord, everything will work out for God's glory. For those who love the Lord, we will see the mighty hand of God. We will see the mighty hand of God in signs, wonders, and miracles if we just trust in God and trust in the supernatural power of God. We serve a mighty God. We serve a mighty God, and we cannot let God be anything else than mighty. Holy Spirit, help us. Father, I pray right now for salvation, Lord Jesus. If there's anybody here, Lord Jesus, that has never opened their heart to you, I pray, Father God, that they can do so right now, Lord Jesus. Right there where they're at, Lord, I pray, Father God, that they can just say, I'm sorry, Father, forgive me. And I know, Father God, that you will forgive because you love so much and that you went to that cross and you were nailed to it, Father, taking in our iniquities. And you died, Father God, taking the death penalty that we deserve. But you rose, Father God, on the third day, Lord Jesus, and overcame death and are victorious, Lord Jesus, until the, you just are victorious, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Father God, if there's somebody here that wants to open their heart, or somebody is watching us online, Lord, that wants to say yes to Jesus, I pray, Father, that they do that right now, that you do that right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray, Father God, for healing and restoration, Father, of your people. I pray for healing for your people, Lord Jesus. Those of you that already know Jesus, I pray for healing and restoration in your souls and strength granted by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
to move forward in God's grace and God's love. Father, be with your people. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Earlier I asked this question, will we ever be the same again? And again, I'll say that I hope that we're not the same again. That we're not the same again as far as what I mean is that we need to be bold in the name of Jesus. We need to be the church that is active in the name of Jesus. We need to be the church that shows this world who our Savior is. We cannot do anything else but to seek God. We cannot fail in this area. We cannot fail to seek God. We must seek God and have trust in God and faith in God. Not in the things of this world, not in mankind, not in the things that man makes, but in God. Let me tell you something about this world. There's someone that is in charge of this world, and that's Satan. So all the things that are happening out there, all the things, who do you think is doing that? It's our adversary. But we have victory over that. So don't get confused with the things of the world. Remember, the world hated the Lord first. And because of that, the world is going to hate us. Amen. But we don't need to worry about that because we are victorious in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we don't put our faith in the things of this world. We put our faith in the things of God. Like, hear that and put that in your mind, put that in your heart. We don't put faith in the things of this world. We put faith in God and in the Word of God, which will stand firm forever and ever and ever. Right Right now, with everything that's going on, with the coronavirus and everything and the vaccines and all that stuff, I I just want to say this about it. Do not leave God out of the picture. Do not leave God out of it. Our faith is in God. What gives us comfort is God. Nothing else. What gives us strength is God. Nothing else. It is the power of God that we rely on. It is the power of God. We cannot leave God out of the picture in our lives. I'm not telling you that vaccines are don't do it or not do it. What I'm saying is to put trust in God. Don't put your trust in anything else other than God. This is an opportunity that we have that's just unprecedented, that we get to have this opportunity to serve God in a mighty way, in a way that the world has never seen up to this point. We get to be the people that God has chosen to be here right now to show the world who our wonderful Lord is. We are not here by mistake. Not by mistake. So let's not put our stuff, let's not put our hopes in the temporal, but put every, our hopes on what is eternal. Let's put our hopes on what is not, not what is temporary, but what is eternal. Mark 8, 38 says, for, says, For what will it profit a man if he gains a whole world and loses his own soul? God moves when his people pray and when his people seek him. You hear that? God moves when His people pray and when His people seek Him. So we have prayer in this church. I know you guys pray when you're at home, and we need to continue that because God will move. God will move. God is raining down upon His people. I believe something you know special is happening. But the people of God need to respond. We need to respond. We need to pray. 
I, I'm, you know, I'm going to end with this in Acts 4.31. Remember when they were all praying? You know, I love to say that the, everything started shaking, and I'm going to say it again. <laughs> After they prayed in Acts 4.31, it says, The place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And what happened when they were all filled with the Holy Spirit? They began to speak the Word of God boldly. So if we are filled with the Holy Spirit, then we will also speak the Word of God boldly. You know, there, there's, there's so many different things happening today. There's people at the park, there's people in their homes, there's people at churches. And people are doing all kinds of different things, but we have chosen to be here in the presence of God, seeking the face of our God. You are here because you are seeking the Lord. You are here because you want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. You are here because you love God. You are here because maybe you, you just don't know what's going on in your life. But God will respond if we allow Him to. Yes. God will bring healing to our hearts. God will bring healing in our situ situations. God will bring joy in the midst of trouble. Amen. He absolutely will. So we're here to seek God. So after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. You know what happened after that, too? After they started to speak the word of God boldly, people started coming to the Lord left and right all over the place. Thousands of people, multitudes of people, changing from darkness to life, loving God, where they're just leaving divinity, leaving the sinfulness, and just coming to the Lord. Why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't need to worry about how clever we sound when we want to talk with somebody. What we need to worry is that we are filled with the Spirit of God. Yes. And God will testify. God will, will speak the words to them that they need to hear through you. May we be empowered and bring the Holy Spirit by the Holy Spirit and bring healing and salvation to others. So that's my prayer today as we, as we think about Palm Sunday and Good Friday coming up and then Easter coming up the next Sunday. What's it all about? What is it all about? It's all about the gospel. It's all about the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Serving God isn't about you feeling good. Understand that. It's not about you feeling good. It's about you serving God. It's about you glorifying God. Amen. And in the midst of that, you will be filled with joy because you cannot be a person that serves God and not have joy. That just can't happen because God brings a joy that is just deep within us. That joy that, that sometimes you just start to cry because you don't, know, you don't even know why. You could be in the car saying, God, help me, and then start crying and, and just, just praising God. Amen. You cannot be in the presence of God and not be filled with His joy. You just can't. You just can't. So I challenge you this morning to trust God. To trust God in all the things that you have going on. And all your thoughts that you have going on. Good or bad, just bring them to God. 
Bring them to God. Talk to God about your ideas. Talk to God about the things you want to do. Even if you have thoughts that are not pleasing, bring those to God. Say, God, I had this thought and it's not a good thought and I need you to take it away from me. And you know what God's going to do? He's going to say, sure, I'll take that captive. Because that's what the Word of God says. We need healing. God brings healing. I don't feel good. God, help me. The, the thing is, bring it all to God. Bring it all to God. And ask God to help you to have strength and to have boldness that you can only have being filled with the Holy Spirit to speak the Word of God. You are the church. We are the people of God. And God has not put us here to just wait patiently for his return. We are here to serve him until he returns. With all of our strength, with all of our heart. And even though we go through things, even though we go through a sickness, even though our bodies hurt, we still have joy. Even though your heart hurts or you're sad, you still can have joy. And no matter what, you are never alone. Understand that. You are never, ever alone because God is with you. God is with you. God is with you. That thought to me is just so amazing. That God is with me. That God is with you. I mean, He's God. There's no one higher. There's so many things that God could be doing, but He is with you. I'm humbled to think that God loves me. And you should be too. And you should be grateful. And I know that you are. And God wants to do wonderful things in your life. Yes, we're here to, to remember Palm Sunday during the Passover feast when Jesus came, getting ready for the resurrection, for the cross and the resurrection. But why? So that we can, He did this so that we can continue to serve Him, so that we can be empowered by the Holy Spirit so that we can know His love. So I ask you to seek His love. When we say seek God's face, when we say seek Him, seek His love. Seek that love, that real love that Jesus has for you. That love that cannot be separated from you. But seek Him in all that you do. Seek Him with all your heart. Put God first. Don't put your routines first. Don't put your job first. Don't put your family first. Put God first. God has been asking for that since the very beginning. You are His people. Seek God and we will see the mighty hand of God. Something is happening 
in our, the times we live in where I believe we will see some amazing, amazing things of the Lord. But there will also be people who fall away because they don't put God first. So do everything you can to put God first. Lord, I pray for your people this morning, Lord Jesus. I pray, Father, that you help us, Lord Jesus, to put you first in everything that we do. Teach us, Father God, how not to be common, but to be holy, set apart from you, for you, Lord Jesus. Help us to not be concerned with the pressures of this world, but be concerned to fear you, God. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be an example for your kingdom, for your glory. Help us not to just be stuck, Father, doing nothing, but help us, Father, to be active, Lord Jesus, praising you and, and searching for you and doing everything we can to live a life, Father, that will glorify you. I ask you, Father, to use your church in a miraculous way, Father, in the supernatural ways, Lord, because you are a supernatural God. Let us not trust in the things that this world has to offer. Let us trust in you and put all our faith in you. For you will work out all things for the glory of those who love you, for the good. So, Father, I pray over your church this morning, Lord Jesus, and as we kind of think about that somber moment, Lord Jesus, when you went to the cross, I pray, Father, that we can think about that all this week, Lord, but we know, Father, that, we, that there is victory at the end of this. We know that you have died on the cross, but we know that you resurrected, Lord Jesus, with great power and authority. So I pray that the power and authority, Father, that you have left for your people, that we can use it, Father, so that you will be glorified, so that people will hear your word. Lord Jesus, heal your people. Free us, Father, from sinfulness. And allow us, Lord Jesus, to serve you, Lord Jesus, and to be in your presence more and more each day. Father, we love you and we praise you. And I ask, Father God, that your people be strengthened in a way like never before. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'm going to ask the worship team to come up and sing one song before we dismiss. You know, God has big plans for you. Yes. God has big plans for the church. Do you believe that? You believe God's going to do something with your life? Yeah. Or you think this is just, well, it's just what happens on Sundays. No, God is going to do something in your life. Just let him.